Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or rewatching once a week. I would first like to apologize for missing a couple weeks, and I will explain what happened in a second. But before I do that, if this is the first episode of mine that you're stumbling upon and you enjoy it, please follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. Turn on your notifications. All my social media is linked below if you have any feedback, comments, concerns, critiques. Um, This is the second time I'm recording this intro because I recorded a whole like 20 minutes in 20 minute long intro and I realized because I paused it to listen back to make sure it was recording that I was not recording with my microphone. I was recording with my headphone microphone and the audio was horrible. So I am recording again because it bothered me. So I know it's going to bother other people. But I would first like to apologize for missing a couple weeks. The reason that I missed a couple weeks was because I was having some technical issues the last time I recorded, which is part of the reason that I paused after I had finished recording my intro to make sure the audio saved. Because two weeks ago, I recorded an episode. I recorded this episode for the first time, episode 46. I recorded it on a Thursday. Then I like took a little break after recording watched an episode of tv and then I went to start editing it to get a little bit of editing done before going to sleep and then I was going to finish it in the morning before work and the audio was blank I had no idea what was going on the audio waves appeared normal this has never happened to me before no idea what happened I did not want to talk again for another hour so I just called it a night and I was like I'll record later so then Friday goes by I didn't record just because I didn't have the energy or the, like, I, I didn't want to talk. I, I didn't want to talk about something I just talked about the day before, especially after work. I was like, I'm not doing this. But then Saturday rolled around and I was like, okay, I'll do it tonight. I still had things to say. Like I, I can talk, but that's no problem. And it, if I recorded it Saturday, I could get it out by Sunday. And then I would still have something out that week. So I recorded an episode, another hour hour goes by. It's some of my best work. I'm so funny. I'm so on top of it. It flows so well. It's so organized, way better than the first round. I thought, okay, this is good. You know, I made, it was meant to be. It was meant to be because the first version wasn't as good as this. I go to start editing it and the audio is once again blank. I have no idea what happened. This has never happened to me before. I really don't know what the issue is. I've troubleshooted a few times. I'm gonna pause this episode a lot just to like make sure my audio is saving and all of that. But I genuinely, I had no idea what was going on. Still haven't been able to pinpoint it. I I use GarageBand because it's the free software on my laptop. So like, it's not incredible. So that's what happened two weeks ago. And then last week was the Big Brother finale. And I'm going to be honest, after the finale, I just really, I didn't want to record an episode. I was like depressed about the winner. I didn't want to have to go back and talk about the the, the stuff leading up to the week because the lost episode, the original version of episode 46, I had like talked about everything leading up until the finale. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Like I was just not in the mood to talk about Big Brother. And I was also just like not feeling the best um, mentally and physically, which I feel like I say that every episode, but I honestly like have just been struggling for the last six months of my life and I can't really pinpoint why, but I'm trying to, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) When Taylor Swift said gray November, I've been down since July, like so true. Gray November, 
I've been down since July. Real. Like, that was so real. Literally me. Um, but anyways, so last week I skipped a week and now I'm back and better than ever. I'm getting my life on track. I've organized things. I have detailed notes for this episode. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. This episode is going to be good. I'm recording before midnight. That almost never happens anymore. Like I'm on, I'm on top of my shit. And you know what? The first 20 minutes that I recorded, the audio sucked. So I'm recording it again. And you know what? I feel fine. I'm good. That is the beauty That is what I started this podcast for in the first place, just for fun, for an outlet. But anyways, that's where I've been. That's what happened. This episode is going to be solely about Big Brother. I am going to talk about all the stuff that I talked about in the episode that didn't save. And then I'm going to talk about the finale and then just my general thoughts on this season, how I feel about the different contestants, different game moves, the the trajectory of the season, stuff like that. I have many notes about just my general thoughts on the season as a whole in retrospect, which is going to be fun. Then next week, I'm going, the next episode will be completely about The Bachelor. So it's going to be Golden Bachelor, all the stuff that I haven't talked about because I've missed a few weeks of Golden Bachelor. And the episode that didn't save, (laughs) I talked about The Bachelor a lot. So that is going to be next week. I'm going to talk about The Golden Bachelor. I'm going to talk about Bachelor in Paradise, all the stuff that I haven't covered yet which will be a good, like, there's no ba- there's no Golden Bachelor next week, so, because it's Thanksgiving, but I'm not going home for Thanksgiving, so I'm gonna talk about all that kind of stuff. And then the week after that is the finale, so I'll talk about the finale of the Golden Bachelor. I don't think it's the finale of Paradise, but I am not sure. I'm very, I, I don't think it is. I think there's probably a few weeks left of Bachelor in Paradise, but anyways, next week is gonna be a purely Bachelor episode, and then the next week we'll see, we'll go from there. I'll talk about the batch, the Golden Bachelor finale. Um, maybe I'll talk about Selling Sunset, but this episode, purely Big Brother. If you do not care about Big Brother 25, feel free to skip this episode, go listen to some of my old ones, or follow me so you can listen to next week's episode if you've been watching The Bachelor. And... The last thing I want to talk about in my intro before I jump into my recap review of Big Brother 25, I want to talk about the SAG-AFTRA strike because I originally, this podcast was created for me to talk about what I've been watching or re-watching once a week, but when the SAG strike started, the actors and just members of SAG in general were not able, were not permitted to talk about product like productions they had been in or promote their work in any capacity. So SAG asked content creators to not talk about struck work. And even though I'm not like an influencer in the traditional, I'm not, I'm not an influencer in the sense that like, this isn't my job. I don't make any money from this podcast. It's just a hobby. I'm very inconsistent because I have nobody to answer to. The only person who consistently listens to these is my sister. Like I, I, I have no stake in the game, nor am I going, like me talking about a movie isn't necessarily the same as like an influencer with like a certain amount of followers promoting a movie. But I just wanted to function with an abundance of caution. And I didn't want to, if other podcasts that reviewed tv and movies weren't going to talk about struck work I didn't want to then fill a space that was empty for good reason so I just decided to not talk about any 
scripted television and I've focused solely on reality TV since the strike started. The strike is over, question mark, because I've all like all the news I've seen has said the strike's over, but there's like I'm the contract hasn't been finalized and I've seen a few members of SAG who I follow who are unsure if who are like not really happy with the with the proposed contract because there aren't any safeguards for AI, which is one of the biggest was one of the biggest points of dissension with like the companies and the members. And there's there aren't any safeguards for AI or very minimal safeguards. So I've just seen a lot of like uncertainty about whether it's gonna be finalized. And I don't know how that impacts because I've seen people like members of SAG now talking about work that they weren't able to talk about before. So I think the strike is over, but the contract hasn't been finalized. So I don't really know how that works. I still have like a two week buffer because I have this episode planned and next week's episode planned. But from there, I don't really know if the strike is over and it's kosher to talk about like work that like scripted TV, then I have like a backlog of scripted TV that I want to do like retrospective coverage on, which is going to be exciting, but I don't really know. But that is big news for the Emmy Awards because once the strike is over, I'm going to talk about everything that I've been watching, not just reality TV, which is very exciting because as much as I love talking about reality TV and Big Brother has really kept me with a lot to talk about. And I know I talked in the last episode of mine that like got published and went live, that this season of Big Brother like was a very big creative outlet for me and inspiration. And part of the reason is because in pivoting to only reality TV content, I was kind of feeling like at a weird place with the podcast in terms of not feeling like I had that much to say or like that much, like, I don't know. It became really, especially following feeds as closely as closely as I did. Like it just, it became a great thing to talk about. And it meant a lot to me at a time where I was feeling kind of creatively unfulfilled and stuck a little bit with this podcast. So anyways, now it is time for me to talk about Big Brother 25. The last I spoke to you all, (laughs) Matt had won the HOH and I had said, I'm so like, I, I hate Matt, but at least Suri is safe. And boy, was I wrong. Suri was not safe. I shouldn't have bought into the Maddie Fields narrative. I should have uh, had less faith in Matt. And I feel like I would have had less faith in Matt if it wasn't for all these people telling me that he was a Fields. But I, I, I had hope. I had faith. I believed in him and I was wrong. Matt nominated Suri and Felicia, Yawn. I think Jag won that veto. Yeah, Jag won that veto. Nomination stayed the same. Suri went home. Next, (laughs) the next week, Bowie won the HOH. She nominated Matt and Felicia. Jag won that veto. Nomination stayed the same. And there was a glimmer of hope where it seemed like Jag was going to vote to evict Matt. And I was thrilled. I was so excited. I was like, you know, partying. I was like, Felicia can still win this. Like I see the vision. I felt a little pep in my step. And you know, it's funny actually, because that episode that I recorded two versions of the first day that I recorded it, I was feeling like really depressed because I was like, 
it's it's not going to be good. Like, it's not going to be good. Felicia is going to go home. And then because I was like, Jag is still going to win the veto. Like, he's going to vote. Like I, I, like, I wasn't I wasn't feeling good about it, right? But then the second version that I recorded of that, I was, like, talking about how excited I was because it seemed like Jag was going to evict Matt. And then that didn't end up happening. So honestly, it would it, like my technical difficulties did me a favor because I sounded like a fucking idiot. And I've had egg on my face way too many times in this season of talking about Big Brother of being like, oh, this I'm happy that this is going to happen. And then the exact opposite happens. Like I literally said, Matt's HOH so three is going to be safe. And then she went home. So like, I'm glad that I did. <laughs> I didn't end up pop- even though I was really proud of that episode like I think I was really on top of it I was really funny I really liked I thought it was good work on my end I'm kind of glad that I didn't release that because that would have been humiliating especially because the episode I was gonna get it out Sunday so the episode is gonna go live and then like the same night Jag was not going to evict Matt so I was depressed I was like well Matt's winning the entire thing and I am not a fan of Matt. Okay, I'll get into it a bit more when I talk about how I feel about each house guest and stuff like that. But I'm not I'm not a fan of Matt. I'm not a fan of Matt. And I was really conflicted with the Matt potential winner of it all because I felt like he was playing a good game. But on a personal level, I couldn't reconcile with it. Like, it, it was just a whole thing. I'll get into it. I want to do the recap first. Felicia went home. My dreams were crushed. The final three was the mafia. Yawn. <laughs> and then we, we get to the finale last Thursday. So I had known from the live feed that Matt had won part one of the HOH. So then I was like, obviously, Jag's going to win part two. And I thought Jag would win part three. And so Jag won part two. Although we, we, I knew that Matt had won the first part of the HOH, but then when we watched it happen on the episode, they were like hanging in the air. It was like a typical endurance comp. And they did rock, paper, scissors to decide who was going to drop. And I was really mad. I was really mad. I'd already been feeling like really mad that entire week because first Jack didn't evict Matt, which was so stupid to me. Like... It was all stupid to me, genuinely. I'm not going to lie. I felt like they were idiots. And they kept talking about how it wasn't about the money and they were being really nasty towards Felicia and Sari, which I I haven't even talked about that because that was in the episode that got erased. Like, it's just, they were really nasty. Sari and Felicia were, like, isolated. They talked about them really negatively. Matt talked about how they served their purpose by feeding them. Jag Bowie and Matt had like wanted to come up with a plan to literally like psychologically torture Felicia um, by keeping her up, making her cook for them, like really nasty things in the way they were talking about them. And on top of it, they were talking about how much like it's not about the money, like all all like I, I was just not excited for the final three. I wasn't. So we got to the final three and then they did rock, paper, scissors. And I'm like, bring back people who like need the fucking money because I would not I'm sorry I don't care if you're my bestie like for final three final four I'm gonna cut you if I need I need the money like I would be I would be such a better like I know everybody sits at home and they're like I would be a better player but I would be 
a more like dedicated and competitive player and i'm not even that competitive of a person like if i'm just playing a board game with somebody i don't care about losing but if i'm in a game where there's like a quarter of a, or three quarters of a million dollars on the line i am not going to like hand it over to my friend and jack has said that he didn't think he was going to win against matt and he still saved him like it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous but i guess jack has money can't relate <laughs> That really bothered me. They did rock, paper, scissors. Matt won the rock, paper, scissors. So he won part one. Jack and Bowie did part two. It was one of those comps where you have to like know about the events of the season. But you had to match competitions to multiverses. And apparently nobody had studied that. Like neither Jack nor Bowie. So they like both took like forever. Jack took like an hour and Bowie took an hour and a half. So they weren't very good at that, which, you know, <laughs> who's, who's surprised? Not me. Then the final part of the part three of the three part HOH was between Matt and Jack. They got all the answers, right? But then it went to a tiebreaker, which this one was also kind of like you had to know about the season because it was like each juror talked about like three facts about themselves. So you had to know stats about them. And they did really well. It was a tie, so they did a tiebreaker. And Jack won. Then the jury questioning happened. Also, the jury roundtable. I had watched an interview with Dr. Will, with Sharon, for her like Winner's Weigh In series on YouTube, which I recommend if, if you are interested in Big Brother. It was really good. And he mediated the, the, the roundtable as he has been doing since Big Brother 15, And he really hyped it up. And then we saw like less than 10 minutes of it. I was pissed off. Not at Dr. Will. He's iconic. He's so funny. That like, I'm genuinely, I'm not even kidding. It was such a funny interview. Like it was really interesting, but it was also just like so funny. Like I I found myself laughing like the entire time. Like he's just so charismatic. I can see why he won. Like he's great, but anyways, the jury roundtable, we were robbed of more of it. And now in the postseason, we've been finding out if you're following the postseason, a lot of the contestants have been doing like lives, like live streams, and they've been talking about their jury roundtable. We've gotten some more insight, which has been interesting. But anyways, back to the show. So the questions were really good. Matt sucked at the questions and Jag did better at the questions. He owned his game a lot better. He owned things that maybe he didn't actually even do, but he said he did it. And Matt, on the other hand, was just kind of like, it was a team effort. They literally, one of the first questions was like, what do you think you did that was complete, that was like just your game move? And he was like saving Jack. And it's like, yeah, okay, you did that by yourself. But the whole point of the question was, what did you do that wasn't connected to Jack? Why would you include saving Jack? Like that is not a good answer. That's not what they, that's not, you did not understand the assignment, Matt. Like, what was that? Literally, what, what, what was that answer? But Jack did a lot better. He was just like, I was, everything that I wanted to happen happened. I planned everything. Like, he just, he really owned his game. And that was something that I really, like, got from Dr. Will's interview was that they, that people really, like contestants, jurors really just want you to own your game. 
especially if they respect the game and there are obviously people who vote bitter, but people want you, especially if you care about the game as a juror. And I would too. You want somebody who was like, yeah, I stabbed you in the back. You don't want somebody who was like, I had nothing to do with it because if you had nothing to do with it, then why would I vote for you? Like, then you're saying you had no agency, you had no role in the decisions made. You were just there and made it to the end. And I think Jag did a really good job of, even if it isn't actually the case and you look back and you're like, that is factually not true, that that Jag had a hand in every eviction and that he's covered in everybody's blood and all of these claims he made, even if it's not true, that's better. That's building a better case than Matt's kind of like, I had nothing to do with it. You know, and and Corey has said in the postseason that Matt gave really bad goodbye messages where he kind of was like, I had nothing to do with it. And they didn't really want to hear that. And then when they asked him at the at the final questions and he didn't say, yeah, I had a part. He just said I had a good social game. And I think, honestly, I had a very similar perspective to Corey that Matt was playing a really good game because he was never in danger and he didn't necessarily need to win competitions to be safe. But I think something that my perspective on Matt's gameplay has really changed in the last week and even in the last week of the season because I started to be like, and maybe it's because Matt himself couldn't articulate it, but if he couldn't articulate it, then it just feels like it wasn't strategic it feels like it was just people liked him and people liking you is obviously important and I'm not gonna say that like Matt having a level of popularity and people feeling comfortable with him wasn't good but I think I don't know he just didn't do a good job articulating why he deserved to win because yeah you want yourself to the end because everybody liked you and you aligned with the right people but what what evictions did you have a role in? Like, I, he just, he didn't articulate his game. And it made me wonder if Matt really, if if that social game was strategic or if he was just a likable, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a difference between people liking you and keeping you around and you using your likability to influence people and and mastermind evictions in the way that I feel like Sari did or other great competitors like Dr. Will like he used his charisma and his likability and his social game was obviously different because he wasn't like nice to everybody but he used his charisma and his like social abilities to manipulate and have a role in evictions and like be powerful without winning competitions. It just felt like Matt Matt like Matt's game wasn't intentional, which to me makes it less compelling and interesting. And I didn't really like him as a person, so I was happy that Jag won. Jag won five to two. Um, I have to say when the voting was happening, I didn't know who Cam voted for because he said, I'm voting for the person who I said I would vote for like a month ago or something. I don't know his exact verbiage, but he said like, I'm voting for the person I said I was going to vote for. And I know he had said that he would vote for either Matt or Jag, but I didn't know between them if he had said who he was going to vote for. So I didn't know who he voted for. And then Corey said... I'm voting for the person I could beat in a fight. And there had been 
a moment on feeds where Corey had said, I could beat Matt in a fight. So I thought, okay, Corey voted for Matt. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Then Blue said, it's the age old question, brunette or blonde, my speech said it all. And in her speech, she said she was team brunette. So I knew, okay, she voted for Jack. Then America said, I'm casting my cock-a-doodle vote for the slithery snake. And I'm like, okay, girl, you could have just said I'm voting for the Sika contestant. Like, everybody knows you're talking about Chag. He was cock-a-doodle soon, girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I knew who she voted for. And then Sari said that she was loyal to a fault. I knew that she was voting for Matt. And then I thought that Felicia was voting for Matt. And then I assumed that Bowie was voting for Jack. And so I thought it was going to be four to three with the Jack win because of the I'm voting for the person I can beat in a fight comment. But it turns out that he had like established at another point that he could be Jack in a fight. And I just like missed that. Like that was a separate thing because I really for like 30 minutes. Well, actually I did... I was following along on Twitter. I wasn't watching live. But when I saw that he had said that, I, for like 30 minutes on Twitter, was like he voted for Matt, which I wasn't going to be happy about. But Jag won 5-2. I'm very happy for him. Oh, I, 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 can't, I can't fail to mention that in the jury questions, <laughs> Bowie asked, how did your game change? I'm going to say for the better when you joined the mafia with Matt and I. To Jack, And it was just like such an iconic question. I asked myself, how did my podcast change for the better? Because Jack joined the mafia with Bowie and Matt. I asked myself that question every day when I wake up. How can my podcast change for the better? So thank you, Bowie Jane, for that inspiration. It was so funny, all the memes. Like it was like such a stupid question. And then it became like such a funny joke. I appreciate Bowie Jane for that alone. Bowie Jane didn't care at all when Matt evicted, when Jack evicted her, by the way. I forgot to mention that. She didn't care at all. She was like, no problem. She literally, in her, like, eviction interview with, with Julie, she was like, they're the best people. I can't wait to meet their families. Like, she didn't care at all. Oh, Bowie Jane. But anyways, that was the finale. The three Jared secret was revealed, which was really funny. Loved that. Matt and Bradley had a segment, which was the worst thing ever. And Cameron won Erica's favorite player, and I I lost a little a little piece of myself that day. It was a it was a rough day for me, honestly. More than the Mafia final three, more than any of that. That is what broke me and prevented me from recording a podcast episode. <laughs> I'm kidding, but anyways. So my general thoughts on the season. Corey and America are still my favorites. And in the postseason week, in the, in the week postseason, on social media and just the way they've conducted themselves, I honestly, all they've done is confirm why I love them. Like, I still love them. I'm still riding with them until the wheels fall off. Which hopefully they, they don't. And like, it's not even just like them as a couple. I really just like them individually and wish that like, I'm rooting for their happiness, obviously. Like I, I was beautiful to watch them fall in love, but I just genuinely like them as players and feel like 
I don't know. I really saw myself in America and also and also saw myself in Corey. Like I just really like the way they viewed the game. And I feel like I view the game as like a combination of the way they viewed the game. So it felt like the things they were saying in jury were like ways that I would like function like the way I would think about moves and games. Like I just, I really understood where they were coming from and I liked them as players and people have said that their games were overrated and they didn't do anything. And that's fine. If people feel that way that I don't really care one way or the other, if people have the same opinions I do, I just resonate with people who view and approach the game the same way I do. And like, those are the kind of, and it, do I have to agree with somebody's game perspective to like watch that? No, but those are the people I'm rooting for because it's like, that's how I would be. So that's the person I want to win. I don't feel like that's a crazy thing to say. <laughs> like I was rooting for them because I feel like I viewed the game the same way. And I think it's also just like when people say they didn't do much or like America was a complop or all of these like criticisms of them I think when you look at the statistics of the season as a whole in terms of comp wins I just I don't think it's necessarily fair to say that Corey and America just sucked at competitions when a lot of the competitions were very similar things like that like I think there were just a lot of factors that led to them not competing the best in my opinion I still don't like Cameron. I'm not going to like Cameron. My opinion on him is not going to change. I think the America's favorite player results were rigged. They were a hate crime. I feel personally victimized. I'm not happy about it. I don't like Cameron. I don't like the fact that they didn't show any anything about him that was negative. I was not I was not happy about that. I was not they completely erased. I feel like the most that we saw of like Cameron being criticized on the show and like shown as like why people didn't like him was when Zingbot said he was a major tool and everybody was like, he was right. Like I was thinking the same thing. And then Sabri saying that his social game sucked. Like as a viewer from like a viewer's perspective, if you were a casual viewer who didn't keep up with the live feeds, I feel like, you would have no idea or concept of why nobody was targeting about why nobody wanted to work with Cam and why he was always a target and why many alliances he had and any attempt at connection didn't work because there was no, they didn't show at all, all the reasons that Cameron was not a good player. And I think they did that because they wanted him to win America's favorite player and they this this season it felt like they were really rooting for the competition beast and big brother at the end of the day is a social game and i'm always going to root for the person who plays more of a social game more strategic somebody who doesn't need to win competitions to like be powerful and make big moves and i just think that cameron had that factor missing he didn't know how to do that he didn't know how to connect with people he didn't know how to communicate with people and he was never able to, despite being a physical threat, take the target off his back because Jag was a good competitor. Matt, people always thought Matt was a literal like Olympian. He was always like a physical threat, but 
to both of their credits, Jag had allies. Jag had personal connections. He had people who, for one reason or another, wanted him to stay in the game. And being a physical threat is not just necessarily always going to be the reason people want you out. People didn't just want Cameron out because he was winning every competition. That That's not the case. And they didn't show why there was that disconnect. And therefore, they made Cameron like come across as this martyr who like was just always a target and he always had to work. Like it was just, I, I don't like it. It wasn't accurate. It it just it does a disservice because I feel like if I was watching the show without watching the feeds I'd be like I don't understand why they're all targeting Cam like okay he's a physical threat but like there has to be something more he'd make an alliance and it wouldn't last and why wouldn't it last it was because his social game sucked he didn't know how to connect with people like they didn't show that and I think they didn't show that because they would have to show Cameron being an unpleasant asshole misogynistic jerk and they didn't want to show that because for some reason they loved him. And I cannot explain why. Because I don't like him. And I didn't, under, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why they were protecting him. That's just my take on Cameron. Like, I think from a personal perspective, it was frustrating. But from a television narrative perspective, I think you're not showing the whole story. And it's really obvious to people who are getting the whole story And it's really infuriating to those of us who are watching the feeds and are like, that's actually not the case, Ellen. That's not the truth, Ellen. Like, what the hell is up with that? But anyways, I still don't like Cameron. I'm upset about the the America's Favorite Player, but moving on. I have criticized Jared a little, like quite a bit because I was not happy with him using the R word. I was not generally, like, I, I, I didn't like him while he was in the house, like, Personally, he rubbed me the wrong way, and I didn't think he was that good of a player. And I still don't, I'm not, my opinion on him as a player hasn't changed. I still stand by that I think he was a very emotional player, and I think he wanted to prove himself to be a good player beyond being Sarif Field's son, and I think that caused him to not take her feedback. And I get it, I get it. Like, he said in an interview, and I don't know if I've talked about this, he was like, you always hear, like, your mom give advice or maybe he said this in in like a, in a Twitter live that I was or Twitter spaces that I was listening to. I don't know, but he said at some point like in your day to day life, your mother gives you advice or people around you give you advice, and you don't necessarily listen. And like as a viewer, you're like that is to refield. It's like why aren't you listening to her, to her advice? But like at the end of the day, that's like your mom, and I under like that made a lot of sense to me. And I think being the son of a like reality TV legend and it being like your first go, you want to prove yourself and you want to not just feel like you played her game. So I understand that. Still don't think he was, I just, I think he could have been more receptive to what she had to say, but that's also easier said than done on the outside. And I think when it's your parent, there's that added layer of like, okay, mom, I know, you know, like I, I get that. Would I listen to my mother if I was on the show? Probably not. It'd be like Monique, you don't get it. But also Monique doesn't get it. If Monique had been on reality TV, maybe I'd be a bit more open to it, but I'd be like, you literally, you don't get it. But anyways, I had issues with Jared. I didn't think he was the best player, still don't. Do I think he can be a good player? Of course, everybody has potential. <laughs> I think he could do better the second time around. 
why not? But personally, in terms of like me thinking that he was like misogynistic and all of these things, I am not going to like excuse his behavior. I still don't think his behavior was correct. But as a human being, at the end of the day, I try to, when I'm talking about reality TV, always talk about it from like a behavior standpoint and not just like a human being standpoint. Now, do I say I hate people sometimes? Yeah. Am I ever going to like Matt Klotz? No. <laughs> like, we are not going to vibe. Like, me and him don't get along. <laughs> I say that. We've never met. He has no idea who I am. But, like, I don't necessarily like people. And am, would I be friends with Jared in real life? I don't know. Probably not. But in terms of, like, judging him as a whole in his character, I'm not going to hold... I'm not going to take the view I had of him on the show and act like that is like a fully fleshed out, well-rounded view of who he is in his day-to-day life. And I think the way he's responded to things has been really great. Like I really appreciate it. And is isn't the way that everybody handled it. It's not the way everybody on this cast has handled like criticism and feedback. So I just, I, I, get, I tip my hat to him. In terms of me holding any animosity or hating him, I don't care anymore. I've let that go. Don't think his behavior was correct. I don't think using the R word is ever okay. I wish the show had highlighted it, which is obviously not on him. He has no control on it. But I wish the, the show had had that conversation because I think it's a good conversation to have. But in terms of like how I feel about Jared, I've let go any animosity I have towards Jared. I wish him the best. <laughs> Um, not that I have like real animosity towards these people. I don't know them. Like they are strangers to me, but I really, I had a lot of words for Jared and I just want to acknowledge now here that I don't care anymore about Jared and his behavior. Like it means nothing to me anymore. I've let it go. I I just want to make that clear. And I I feel like I might've said that before, but I'm not sure because I recorded two, two versions of this episode that didn't save. So I have no idea what I've said and what I haven't in terms of what actually got published. But anyways, I also want to say people have said like Jared is very media trained, like it feels like canned or whatever. And I just don't think that that necessarily, in my opinion, means anything because some of the people, in my opinion, who would be like the most media trained and have like the most PR people to write them statements don't come across as genuine or sincere as he has come across. The Kardashians will literally like receive criticism and then say like the dumbest thing in response when they are like the Kardashians. So to me, even if he had some kind of media training and somebody like helped him with what he was gonna say, I don't really care because at least that is the the the, the foot he is putting forward. There are people who have all of those things and then still don't show remorse, don't acknowledge that what they did was wrong and don't genuinely apologize. So to me, media trained or not, that really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you still, like, I don't know, Kim Kardashian literally in the, like the recent season of the Kardashians, she was talking about like going to the Met and how she was like almost not going to go, but there had been like rumors that she wasn't going to go. So she wants to go just despite that. And she like started talking about how like this whole thing she used to just be Kanye's plus one and now she's like you know it's and it's like that you completely missed the point people were saying that you shouldn't be allowed to go to the Met because of the whole Marilyn Monroe dress thing it had nothing to do with 
you not being like established or people like like she she and the thing is if people don't genuinely know and haven't read about why people were like she shouldn't be allowed at the met then they're going to be like wow people don't like it's just my point is media training means nothing to me because at the end of the day the people who like billionaires who have like all the resources in the world to be the most thoughtful apologetic well like well like I don't know they're not so who cares if Jared had somebody that his mother got for him or that he just got for himself be like hey this is how you come across as genuine he still had to do it I don't really care anyways that's how I feel about Jared I wish Sari had done better but I also don't blame her because she did really well with the cards she was dealt and being like Sari feels the fact that she wasn't like a target immediately and she made connections and she ran the game and then when her closest allies left she was still able to stick around for a very long time like I think that if the comps had been more fair or like I I think that if she had just won a couple competitions in the end game like she would have been golden like at the end of the day she did really well with what she was able to do in the game. And I have been rewatching old seasons of the show. I'm trying to watch all seasons. Like I, I want to watch every single season, except season one. I don't care about watching season one because the mechanics of the game are different. It's like not the same show. So it means nothing to me. So I'm not going to watch season one, but I want to watch every season. And in watching old seasons, I've watched quite a few in the last couple months since Big Brother 25 started. And I'd already watched some old seasons, but I, I've watched like quite a few. Like I watched um, six, seven, and eight. Then I watched 12 and 13. I'd already watched four and 10 like last year. And then I watched, oh, and I, I'd already watched four, 10, and 14 last year. Then I, I just watched season 15. I'm watching season 16 now. And then I'm going to watch 17. And then I started watching live, like in real time during season 18. So then I'll have watched everything. And then I want to go back and watch two and three. Watch season five, maybe. Watch season like 11, which I didn't watch. Like, I just want to watch all the seasons. But anyways, the point of me saying that is something that I've realized in watching the old seasons is genuinely how much the comps sucked this season. Because there are so many like good competitions that they've had in old seasons that aren't just about how athletic you are like there's literally a competition that they that they just did in it was like a battle of the walk competition that I just watched in season 16 which was like a chess game and they they'd done this in other seasons but I can't think of which ones off the top of my head I think they did in in either six or seven or maybe they did in both but it's like you're on a chess board and you have to like when you run out of moves, you're out. So it's a very like mental competition, like things like that, or even quizzes, like all the quizzes this season were flops. They were like, look at this picture and then guess. And it, there wasn't much studying. There were like only two competitions that had anything to do with like the facts of the season or the way the houses or the days or like, like things like that, where it's like, I don't know. Like, there, there are just so many better competitions that honestly aren't even, like, that complicated to set up. They'd probably be easier to set up, too. Like, just so many misses this season in terms of competition. And I just, I think if the same person wins, like, every competition, I think th that competitions suck. 
But that's just my opinion. Like, I, I think, I wish Sari had done better, but not in the sense that, like, I, I like, Sari, I wish you had done better. I wish Sari had had the opportunity to do better. Like, I don't blame her. Do I think there were a few, like, misses maybe where she could have done a little bit better? Sure. But there's always the, like, what it could have should have. In that HOH, that Matt one, where it was like you were targeting people, she should have targeted Matt because she was only targeting Jag. And if she had targeted Matt a few times, then he wouldn't have been left with as many... Or she even targeted Felicia at some point. Like, she should have knocked over Matt's things... Matt's... I don't know what they were called. Like, you had to knock over somebody's picture, basically. She should have knocked over Matt's or something besides just targeting Jag because... Anyways, <sighs> but yeah, rewatching old seasons has really made me realize like how repetitive, I mean, I already knew that, but it's just like when you watch old seasons and you see all of these options of competitions, you're like, why didn't we see more of these? I don't like, they, and it's also just not interesting as a viewer, especially with all the competitions that were like individually timed competitions, because it's like you just showed the person like explaining the thing over and over and over again. And it's like, by the time you get to like the third person, you already know how the competition works. I don't need them explaining that I have to figure out which picture is in what, like, I already know. You don't have to explain it to me. Like, it's very repetitive. It's not very interesting from a viewer standpoint. And from and from a viewer's standpoint, it's not very interesting to watch somebody comp out at the end. Like, it's just not. I don't want to log on and to my feeds, at, like, to feeds and see Jag with, it, with the veto symbol every week. It's not interesting. Like, it's not fun. It's so fun on Big Brother when, like, the last person who everybody wants to win wins and the, the power shakes up. It's just boring when it's, like, the same person over and over and over again. There was literally, like, a month straight where it was, like, Cam HOH, Jared HOH. Cam HOH, Jared HOH, then it was zombie week. Like it was just annoying. It was annoying. <laughs> I'm mad about it. If you can't tell. I, I loved Felicia. She was iconic. I literally have the like fucking Bowie Jane, fucking Bowie Jane, fucking Bowie Jane, fucking Bowie Jane. Songs stuck in my head at all times. Where are the bye bye bitches? <laughs> Blues, blueberries, raspberries, all of that shit. Great song. <laughs> but she, it was just, you know, Turn our lights off. It, I Felicia was iconic. She was so funny. I wish she hadn't done certain things. Like when Corey was trying to get Bowie to, to, to doubt Matt and Jack. And then Felicia basically undid all of Corey's work. That sucked. Especially because Felicia was so sure that Matt and Jag weren't going to... Like I, I, I just wish... I don't know. But you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. As a, as a person to watch on my TV screen, Felicia was so entertaining. I loved her. I wanted her to win. I was rooting for her in the mustard seed, but I guess a tiny mustard seed can only get you so far. I, I loved Izzy. I loved her relationship with the fields. And I wish I'd gotten more of Izzy. Like, I'm not going to say that I was happy when she left. But I do, but I did enjoy from a viewer standpoint the flip and the shift happening. And I think that it would have been more, like people always say, not people always say, but some people on Twitter say that, that Corey ruined the season because he dismantled the power structure and then he ushered in a power structure that was a lot less interesting with less likable people. And to some extent, I understand that. 
But I don't think, I think the end game could have been, like, I, I think the things that made the second half of the season suck were not just because Izzy was gone, because it would have been a steamroll, Izzy, Suri, Felicia, like that side of the house would have been a similar, it would have been a more interesting steamroll, I will give you that, because Izzy's more interesting, and at least they were playing more of a strategic game where Jag and Matt and Nat and Cameron just kind of wanted to like comp out. I see that point, but I think at the end of the day, the biggest things that kept, like the season could have been really interesting if even if Izzy went home, if like Mimi had won an HOH or America had won an HOH. And then like, like if things had just shifted more, like it, it got boring because it went Cameron, it went Cameron, Jared, Cameron, Cameron, Jared. And then, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't Izzy's exit. It wasn't just it because Izzy left. Like I think the inequitable comps and the twists is what really made the second half of the season suck because zombie week, zombie week really killed like a lot of the momentum that happened with the fight and the shift because when the shift happened and the double eviction, if that double eviction had stayed in place, Corey and America would have been in a better, like they could have been more of the power structure and they were more calling the shots. But then Jared and Cameron came back and that allowed Cameron to then form the fugitives, which then propelled, I, I would say that the fugitives more than Corey's shift, like flip, propelled them into power. I think if, zombie week hadn't happened and that double eviction had stayed that way and Cameron and Jared had left it could have been more interesting I think maybe Corey and America like I I don't think it would have been I think zombie week and Cameron and Jared being back in the house Jared was able to to change people's minds on Corey Corey was like lost some footing this is my perspective I don't know how accurate this is but I I think that week really messed a lot of things up because it was like the beginning of the fugitives, which I think the fugitives was a big thing that propelled Jag and Matt to the win. So if Cameron hadn't been there, things would have been different because they wouldn't have had, like, I don't know. I I just don't think it's fair to be like, Izzy leaving is why the season went downhill. If the women had been able to win more competitions at the end, Matt and Jag would have been toast. Like it wasn't, it's not so black and white that Izzy went home and then everything went downhill. I think it feels that way because Izzy went home and then zombie week happened right after. And I think zombie week is a big issue, like a big, because it was just a whole week of nothing. There were no competitions. It was just people talking, but then like, uh, I don't know. It was, it was just so, it really like it stalled things. It slowed things down. I feel like that's when I became less engaged. And then with, the invisible HOH Jag being able to play two weeks in a row, that also really messes up the whole structure of the game in the fact that the same person isn't supposed to play two weeks and be HOH two weeks in a row. So they, so power can shift. And, um, and Suri was doing really well in that competition. If Jag wasn't able to play or he had to throw the competition, then Suri could have been the HOH and things would have been different. Like there are just a lot of factors that I don't think it's as like fair to say that like this was Corey's fault because he sent 
like he he's the reason is he went home and he destroyed like the more interesting power structure because I think there were factors that allowed the Matt Jag power structure to remain so dominant that were way outside of Corey's control. The twists, the comps, so many things. I mean, the fact that only one woman won a veto this season and it was like a guessing veto was so stupid. I'm sorry, like that's stupid. I, I don't think that it's fair to just be like, Corey, it's because of Corey. Like, I don't think that is as simple of an explanation. But I do love Izzy and I enjoyed her relationship with the field. And I'm glad that 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 connection that she made with them was real and that they were like family now. That warms my heart genuinely. And I would love to see Izzy play again. In a, in a, honestly, in, I, I, I would be really interested to see how she would do without Siri, you know? But anyways, I love Mimi and I love Hysum and we were robbed of Mimi and Hysum individually and separately or that th- those are the same words individually and together <laughs> because Mimi and Hysum have said that like if they they wish they had connected in the house because they would have gotten along and I think that would have been such an interesting duo. I really liked Hysum and I really always wanted more from Mimi and I don't know. I love Mimi. I enjoyed watching her. And I, I have nothing but positive stuff to say about Mimi. And I wish I'd seen more of Hysum. He was so funny. Like his DRs, when they, d- they did an episode before the finale, which was like a recap showing old clips of the season and stuff. And Hysum's DRs, I was just like, man, we were robbed. I literally love him. He's so funny. I would love to see him play again. As I said earlier, I cannot stand Matt. I don't think my opinion will change. His showman's quote unquote, being the one that was highlighted during the finale was ridiculous. I was literally throwing, throwing tomatoes at my screen. I went to Ralph's. I, I bought tomatoes. I, I put them in the microwave so they could be squishy enough. And then I threw them at my TV during that segment. And I am now suing Matt for the damages to my television. (laughs) I'm kidding. I didn't do that. But it was just like so stupid. Like Blue and Jared barely got any like anything. Like they was like, oh, Blue told Jared his secret. But we we didn't even get like Julie Chen Moonves being like, so Jared, now that you've been on the outside, you still want to pursue things with Blue. Nothing. American Corey paid dust. But week two Riley got to pull a q-tip out of her bra like it was gross I hated it tomatoes 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 and I have to say Matt's reaction and the way he talked about like the way he responded to questions about the way he talked about America I just like I I I don't have faith that Matt can change and he was on the bold and the beautiful they brought him on he was top three for America's favorite player I don't think Matt will ever face any repercussions or genuine backlash for the way that he acted. And I don't think that that, like, I, I, I'm sorry in the way that I can let go of any like one-sided beef or any animosity I had towards Jared, because he has shown genuine growth and like effort. I don't think that I can get there with Matt because I don't genuinely believe that anybody's going to hold him accountable for his actions. And like, I don't know. I just, like, I, I don't have faith. I don't think any, like, do people care? Yes. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't care. And I think sexism and misogyny, just, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to people. 
The fact that he repeatedly treated the women like servants doesn't matter. The fact that he isolated Suri and, and Felicia and said that they were like basically treated them like they were the help doesn't matter. And the thing is, he said that it was just roasting. He never that 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 he that America didn't cook when they were have nots together, and that always bothered him. And he kind of held on to that. He never once said that about any of the men in the house. It really rubbed me the wrong way personally that he talked about. He never talked about blue that way. He never said blue. I mean, I guess Blue cooked for him, but like he, he, he just, he, the way he talked about Suri and Felicia was really gross to me. Like it felt like he was talking about them, like they were the help. The fact that he repeatedly commented on the fact that America didn't cook and clean for him rubbed me the wrong way. Like maybe he didn't mean it this way, but like, why are you specifically saying that you want the Mexican girl to cook and clean for you? Like it feels kind of microaggressive that you were expecting the, 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 the Mexican girl in the house to basically be your maid. I didn't like that. It really rubbed me the wrong way. It really, it really rubbed me the wrong way. That is a stereotype. Like, you know, that girl who was like, who's going to be cleaning your toilet, Donald Trump. Like the people genuinely believe that. Okay. I don't like Matt. I don't like Matt. And I don't think enough people are going to, and I'm not saying they have to shun Matt, but like hold his feet to the fire and hold him accountable. And honestly, I don't, I think I might've talked about this in an episode that got published, or I might have talked about this in the episode that didn't save. Take a shot every time I say the episode that didn't save. But I'm sorry, I had a lot to say in those episodes that I don't remember what I said and what I didn't. But I think the way somebody's family reacts to like your problematic behavior, on like the way a contestant's family reacts to things really says to me a lot about the way that they're going to like take things and the way... And I just, the way Matt's mother talked about him just didn't give me a lot of faith. He, it, it gave like coddled, it gave spoiled, it gave that's our perfect baby angel who can do nothing wrong. Anything wrong he did, it was like, well, he's going through his own things, like the, the, using his personal struggles as an excuse. And to me, none of that is an excuse. None of, none of that's an excuse. So I just like, I can't, I don't have faith that Matt, Matt is going to change. But you know what? I, I, did I have much faith that Jared was going to change based off of the ego that he... No, I didn't. I mean, I hoped. And he proved me wrong. But I think just Matt hasn't proved me wrong so far. Like, he has just confirmed the way I feel about him just based on his reaction. And even the way other people in the cast have been talking about him. Like, Bowie has said, like, that talking about America was, like, an ongoing joke because they were bored in the house. Like, she's excused it. Felicia has basically said that, yeah, he was nasty, but also in the same live stream with Mimi said that she voted for Matt because she didn't like Jag's final speech and felt like he was mean towards Matt. Like the way they talk about Matt is just constantly like coddling, babying him, like excusing it. Like I just don't, I don't like Matt and I just don't. And I feel like the way white men are portrayed in the show and the backlash they receive it's very telling and even the way people talk about matt versus jag is very telling the way the show aired moments of jared being like problematic like harsh to blue they 
they showed less than like they showed negative aspects of who he was as a person but then cam any negative thing about him was erased from the edit so much so that it makes his arc and his narrative on the show confusing like jared they didn't need to show him being mean to blue the one time they did and they did it because blue was in her drs talking about how she was going to vote him out and that didn't really like that didn't really pay off but when you're editing a show in real time like you don't know what storylines are going to pay off so whatever but like there is such a missing piece of why Cameron failed at the game that they didn't show because they wanted to protect him so badly and yet they're fine and the same with Matt but like they're like I don't know it just it pisses me off it pisses me off that the white men are treated a different way and it upsets me. It upsets me. And I'm not a big fan of Matt. And I don't think I ever will be. <sighs> I mean, I hope to never see him again on my television screen. So that is where I stand with Matt. I will not be watching The Bold and the Beautiful, even though Ceres on it. Sorry, I cannot stomach Matt Klotz. Like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I do not like that man. I don't like him. I don't like him. I, in terms of Blue, I wanted to root for Blue. Like, I found her funny. The kitty kitty purse, sleigh boots down thing was kind of annoying, but she was funny sometimes. I found her funny. But I just, I really, there was a disconnect with Blue because, like I was saying earlier, the reason I liked Cory in America so much was because I felt like I viewed the game in a very similar way and the way they viewed the game, like, made sense to me. Like, I resonated with them in terms, not just as people, because I feel like me in America, like... I know I have a parasocial relationship with her, but I genuinely just feel like we would get along because we have a lot of the same interests. Like we have similar senses of humor. Like I, she's relatable to me, but not only is she relatable to me, like on a personal level, she's relatable to me, her and Corey are in the way they viewed the game. And I think I had such a hard time rooting for Blue because I just, the way she played and her outlook on the game was just so just it didn't it didn't it clashed so much with the way i view the game like she just doesn't make sense to me america as much as she was a comp flop and as much as she sucked she said she sucked when she was evicted she was like god i wish i had won something like i i feel like wimpy that i didn't win anything i'm not that wimpy like she america never said that she was this amazing player (laughs) like she was real and Corey, as cocky as he is, like, to me, it's very clearly, like, a sarcastic, self-deprecating, like, overly confident, cocky kind of sense of humor. Like, they just, I I understood them. Where Blue, I just, I, it never clicked. Like, it never clicked. She, like, literally won one competition and acted like she was the next coming of Janelle. It was annoying to me. Like, she was, like, and if she had just talked about it, like, more realistically, where she was, like, I... I'm not the best competitor, but I guess Jag thought that I was more of a competition threat than anybody else left in the house because I had been second place like a few times. Like I was on his trail. That's not the way she talked about it. She was like, America can't beat me in anything. <laughs> like the like there was no humility. There was no, like I just, it just, I don't, I don't resonate with that kind of gameplay. It doesn't make sense to me. Like she just was so unaware so lacking self-awareness and if she did have the self-awareness she just didn't demonstrate it and I didn't like it I, it doesn't resonate with me and I have also talked about it before 
on this podcast that it's really hard for me to root for somebody who I just who just doesn't know the game. Like she literally didn't know how the final three worked. She hasn't watched that many seasons. She was literally saying that like Corey told her that she should watch season 10 because it's a really good season. And she's like, why would I do that? Like it was years ago. Like I just, me and Blue, she's not the kind of big brother player I like to watch. As like a television personality, she was entertaining. I would have loved to see her on a dating show. But in terms of like somebody, I like I, it was hard for me to root for her. It was hard for me to root for her. I just didn't, because as much as Corey and America weren't the best players in certain, I mean, I think Corey was a good player, but as for all the faults they had, I felt like they were aware of that and they wanted to do better. And they like, I don't know, you know what Corey said to America, which is what made her be like, I love this guy. Thank you for being normal. I really like felt that way. Like it felt like Corey and America we're just like people that I would get along with in my day-to-day life and people who view this show that they're both super fans of and that I'm a super fan of in a similar way. Like the, the kind of gameplay they liked and the way they approached the game and they viewed the game, like it made sense to me and it resonated with me. And I, I, there was that disconnect with Lou. I just never, I could never, I didn't like the game she was playing. It wasn't that interesting to me. And I wish she just like, I don't know. It was so annoying. It was so annoying. Even with the week she was on the block that she went home, that pissed me off so badly because she and other people had been shitting on Corey in America the week before the Invasible HLH week for being so comfortable when they literally, like, neither of them were the original nominees. The Invisible HLH was one of their allies who had told, who had revealed himself, which you would think if he's going to target me on the Invisible HOH he's not going to tell me that he's invisible HOH because that's literally stupid. They were criticized and Blue even criticized them for being too comfortable. And then Blue, on the week that she is evicted, the entire week, she's on the block and she's comfortable. She's on the block and she's comfortable. She's fine. She's like, like, I found that annoying. I found that annoying. I just don't, I don't, (laughs) as a player, I didn't like her. As a human being, I wish Blue Kim the best. Her cat is very cute. When she cried, when they got the the mess, like the the jury got messages from home, when she got really excited to see her cat, that made sense to me. Like I like, I don't dislike Blue as a person. I wanted to root for her. It's just like, as a player, she's not the kind of player I like to watch. Who else do I have to talk about? But yeah, I wish Blue Kim the best. Although if she keeps hanging out with Matt and Jack, not a Jag, if she keeps hanging out with Matt, I'm literally unfollowing her because I can't I can't deal with that man on my screen I really don't like him I'm sorry anyways I have mixed feelings about Jag's win and just Jag in general because I have not always thought Jag was I I don't think Jag is the best player but like I said earlier I think my opinion on Matt's game changed a lot and I think his jury questions really illuminated to me that maybe I the game the Matt wasn't actually playing as good a game as I thought he was playing. And I feel like the same thing happened with Corey with like the goodbye messages where he was like, he didn't even own it. So, and I just, I, he didn't, I don't know. And maybe he genuinely, he, I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I, between Matt and Jag, I'm happy Jag won. And I do think Jag did a better job articulating himself. And I think, there were a few key moments where I feel like, and I thought Matt was going to win just because I thought his so like people liked him more, and his so like I thought maybe that would 
and like I don't know if if he had handled like a few things better, but I, I think the the moments that really, in my opinion, were pivotal in Jag winning were Suri going home on Matt's HOH. That if I was a juror, and I think this is probably you know how they viewed it, that kind of is like, okay, that, and Corey even said it, this only benefits Jag. So the fact that Matt was in power and Jag convinced, like he got, like that is like, okay, Matt's not playing his own game. He's playing Jag's game. And then when you get to the final two, or, and then at the same time, in his goodbye messages, he's like, sorry, I had nothing to do with it. You're like, okay, so he's not even really playing an active role in getting any of us out. And then in the final two, He's like, this was a team effort. I, the, basically, he said the, the, his biggest move on his own was saving Jag. So it's just like, I do think Jag deserved the win. But it's also like conflicting for me because I, I feel like as a juror, I, I don't know. I really like the seasons of Big Brother when there's minimal twists minimal like battle back kind of things like you get evicted you go home and I think it would have it it is kind of hard and they even asked him like he was evicted why should we vote for him so I don't really know Corey did like an Instagram live with Jag and Corey was like you placed you placed 13th he was like I placed 8th you placed 13th but you also placed first which averages out to 7th so you still did better than me I thought that was really funny (laughs) <laughs> but you know what america still did better than jag in his average score of going home 13th but anyways i'm happy jag won but it is a really bummer of an ending to the season where i feel like so many women had like like the women had such important roles in the game even if it wasn't in competition wins like Suri, felicia america izzy like there were so many women Blue, there were so many women who did things this season that made an impact. And like the women really ran the season at the beginning. Hell, even Riley, I'm kidding, ran the season like at the beginning where it sucks that the three like winners, like the two, the the final two and then America's favorite player, it sucks they were all men. Like it sucks, it really does. But hopefully season 26, we'll get another woman. You know, it's like never two women winning back to back that like never happens i i think the last time that happened was like over a decade ago i don't even know the stats but like that almost never happens which sucks bowie jane was funny i guess i don't know i i liked her and then i was rooting for her and then like i don't know her first hoh was like good it was interesting she got cam out and then she was just fine playing for third she didn't care about the money but it looks like her parents are rich so that's probably why i think one of my biggest takeaways from this season is that there was a huge disconnect between what happened on feeds and what the show aired and while this is the first season that i've watched feeds as consistently as i did i have been like i've i've always kept up with updates and i feel like i've always tried to know at least for the last few seasons i didn't do it as much when i was in high school because i was like in a high school but the last few seasons of the show, I've really like kept up with the updates on Twitter, even if I didn't have the feeds. And last season, I watched feeds on and off, but they were just like kind of depressing to watch when everybody was just being mean to Taylor. I lost my train of thought. Oh, this is the first season that I like really watched feeds religiously. So I was like, am I just like seeing a new 
so, and I think th- there's levels to it. I think there is like a different relationship you form with the show and a different level of understanding of like the game and the different moves that you have if you're like watching the feeds because things change so quickly and like one day feels like a week or like it's crazy like how fast things move and how much happens. I think that's true, but I also think there have been other people who have said, like people who've been keeping up with the feeds, like people whose job this is, that like for years now, that this season feels like it it had the biggest disconnect between the feeds and the show. And that's really disappointing for me. I'm glad that I was watching the feeds and I don't think I'll ever go another season without watching the feeds. At least like, maybe not as much as I watched this season because I will say towards the end when like, it got like it got depressing to watch the later the things just because it was like so mean. Like I would just log on and they'd be like shitting on somebody, and it's like this isn't fun. Why am I gonna sit here and watch people be miserable so I can be miserable too? Like no, thank you. So like there was no fun, there was no levity, there was no humor, there was no entertainment to it. So why am I gonna watch it? But it did. It is frustrating as a viewer, especially one who was keeping up with the feeds and who cared a lot about the season and was very deeply invested to like for that there to be that big disconnect and I I really hope the feeds never go away I know Big Brother Canada doesn't have feeds anymore and I just don't think I just I I think I've talked about this many times but I think that is one of the best parts about Big Brother is the fact that it's like that you have the access to like what's actually happening you know so that's a disappointment but I'm glad that I was watching the feeds and I'm grateful that this season, I said this in the last episode that got published, I know that for sure, that I feel like this season really like made me a super fan and made my fandom, my like my connection, my relationship with the show so different that I like I, I don't think I'll ever go back to just being a casual viewer. And I feel like I for a while now have been like in between a casual viewer and like a live feeder. But I think I'm like a live feeder going forward now. I don't think I can watch a season without at least watching feeds for for a little bit. Like, it's such a different experience. But yeah, what else do I want to say as I'm wrapping up? The reindeer games thing is stupid. It's literally just like they're not even in the house. It's like pre-filmed. There's no live feeds. It's literally just competitions. Hopefully they're more interesting and not all the same kind of competition where it's like how fast you can be or look at these photos and give us answers about these photos and the split of like hopefully they're a bit more interesting. I would I would really appreciate it if the reindeer games if at least the games were a bit like compelling to watch. Well, I still watch it, of course. I have a list of things that I'd recommend to improve Big Brother in general. But I've been talking about it for a while and I don't really know if I have anything more to say right now, but I just, in general, my biggest takeaways for this season were, I'm really glad that I watched it. I'm really glad that this is the first season of Big Brother that I like really covered because I didn't, I wasn't recording this podcast last summer when Big Brother 24 was happening. So I wasn't talking about Big, I've never talked about Big Brother on this podcast before this season and For that reason, the season will always mean a lot to me. I had a lot of fun covering it. It was really creatively fulfilling for me. It's really made me appreciate Big Brother more. It's made me love the game even more and be more like invested in it. I want to watch every season now. I don't think I'll ever go a season without watching live feeds again. 
or listening to Big Brother podcast because I started doing that this season too. Like I just, it's changed my relationship with the show in a way that I will always appreciate. And I love AmeriCorps. I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm excited to follow them in their endeavors. Zach Wardenberger, if you ever listen to this, I do live in the LA area and I am single. Please feel free to reach out. My social media is linked below. Um, <laughs> I... I have a parasocial relationship with Zach Wardenberger, okay? I'm like, <laughs> anyway, but it was a great season. I'm glad I watched it. And not great in the sense that it was like the best season ever, but it was a good season in my life. Like it was a good, it was a, it was a good experience. Was it the best season ever? No. Do I think I'll rewatch it? Probably not. I don't think I'll ever watch, ever rewatch this season, but I enjoyed covering it for the most part. I really enjoyed the people on the show. And it was just like, it, it was it was really, I'm really grateful. This is my first season covering Big Brother on this podcast. And I hope it's, it's one of many. I'm excited to do this next year. M- will I talk about reindeer games? Maybe if there's anything interesting to say, but I don't really know if I'll have anything interesting to say because I really like talking about reality TV from like the human connection, psychology strategic game kind of kind of thing i don't really know if i want to talk about like this person won this competition like i that's boring to me so i don't really know if i'll talk about reindeer games but i love big brother it was really fun to talk about really fun to cover thank you so much for listening next week i will talk about the golden bachelor bachelor in paradise i hope you have a great thanksgiving and Thank you so much again for listening. If um, this is the first episode of mine that you're listening to and you liked it, please follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review, share this with a friend. I am uploading my back catalog to YouTube. So the and once I'm all caught up, the episodes will go live in real time. From then on, this episode will be on YouTube at some point in the next couple months. So if you listen to this on YouTube and and you like that, please subscribe, like, and subscribe, turn on your bell notifications and follow me wherever you listen or, um, subscribe, turn on your bell notifications, all of that on YouTube. If you're listening to this on YouTube and all my social media is linked below. If you have any comments, critiques, feedbacks, concerns, all of that is always welcome. And thank you so much again. And you will hopefully hear from me next week, unless I have technical difficulties. You'll hear from me when you hear from me, hopefully next week, but we'll see. I'm only one person. Bye.